Hi, everyone. Welcome to Merch Money special edition today. It is not a Monday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> so thank you so much, Julie. This is Julie here. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. We uh, we just finished an Etsy 30-day uh, challenge. I don't know if you had heard about that, but a lot of people were doing that challenge. So everyone's kind of on the Etsy like wavelength. And most of us have been doing print on demand on Etsy. Um, and in terms of like doing shirts and things like that. But then um, some people are starting to do printables. And then once people start hearing about printables, they're like, wait, why am I not doing printables? It seems like such a great idea. So when I heard that you were doing printables, I'm like, oh my gosh, we gotta get you on the show. So yeah, thank you I, so much. I love it. I've been doing printables for the last year and a half and it's changed my side hustle game completely. Yay. Well, I love your name. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen her blog yet, she's Millennial Boss. So I love that. I don't know how you got that website. That is amazing. What a good name. I got it in 2015. And I thought that it was a genius name, but there are so many other millennial somethings out there. And also no one can spell millennial. They think it only has one L and two N's. So maybe it wasn't the best choice. And the other way around. I, I always know about the two L's, but like the two N's I get mixed up. Yeah, everyone does. <laughs> so, well, it was really funny because at the last conference I went to, um, most of the people I was talking to were Gen X people, um, but there was a couple millennials there. And so I would try to talk to them, but it was like, I was too old. <laughs> so it was like, I'm right in between. I'm a, I'm a millennial technically, but uh, there's this like micro, uh, I don't know what you call it, called a zennial, because I'm right in between Gen X and millennial. So anyway, well, we'll accept you if you'd like to come join us in the millennial group. <laughs> I millennials get such a bad rep, but I love millennials. I feel like it's so sorry. I think my mic's a little echoey. Um, it's so just innovative. I feel like like so many things like th this whole side hustle idea and just it, I feel like millennials have really like run with it and found ways to make money from Instagram and, you know, just everywhere. So. Anyway, so we'll, we'll do what we always do and start from the beginning. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into e-commerce to begin with and, and what's, your, what's your story? So hi everyone, I'm Julie Berninger. I live in Seattle, Washington. I'm 30 and I just had a baby 11 weeks ago. So I just started sleeping, thank you. Um, if I have like huge rings around my eyes it's because I haven't slept in the last almost three months. But <laughs> things are looking up. And I have a sleeping baby now, which is fantastic. Yay! Yay! Um, so I started getting into the side hustle game about two years ago. I was working in tech in Silicon Valley. And while I really liked my job, I started becoming familiar with the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, but it's a bunch of people who saved up a lot of money so that they could quit their jobs and essentially do whatever they want for the rest of their lives. So even though I was making good money in my day job, I wanted a way to accelerate my path to hit that financial independence number that my husband and I had determined was our walk away from corporate America number. Yay! So I started listening to tons of podcasts and I got into the idea of selling on Etsy from, I think it was the Etsy Conversations podcast that I had listened to. Okay. And I decided to sell temporary tattoos. 
So I was in my late 20s and I went to so many bachelorette parties. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. And yeah. I had to Venmo all of these maid of honors and bridesmaids for doodads that I would never, ever wear again. And I decided like, this is the perfect thing that people are willing to spend a ridiculous amount of money for, for cheaply made stuff that I can get very cheap. So I knew the margins would be really good. So I started selling temporary tattoos, like gold foil tattoos that people would wear on their cheek or on their wrist as they went out to bars. And they said like bride tribe or wolf to pack or fun things like that. Yeah. So I got 3000 tattoos and the margins were insane and they were selling, but it was super annoying having to ship them. And like even just the mental space of having to remember to print out a label. It, it sounds dumb because yeah. it takes two seconds, but I hated it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about print on demand at, at the time. So maybe that would be something that for me to explore. but. I started learning about printables. And what I love about printables is that the margin on that is insane as well. There's no manufacturing cost. You upload the printable one time and thousands of customers can download it based on your two hours of work. That's amazing. Yeah, so, so it's very similar to print on demand. Yeah, it's so funny. There's so many people who just hate the word passive income and they feel like it doesn't exist. But what do you think? Do you think passive income exists? I think I would call it upfront work income, maybe. Yes. See? That's what I'd call it. And, you know, like with this, with the printables, I made a bachelorette scavenger hunt last year on a weekend. Like I sat down at a coffee shop on a Sunday, treated myself to some piece of carrot cake or something I wouldn't normally do. And I cranked out this scavenger hunt. And it said things like, dance on the table, bride buy the bride a shot, or like funny little scavenger yeah. hunt things. And that thing has sold, I mean, over $1,000 from that two hours of work. So I would call that passive income, but I did have to create it that one time. There's no like yeah. magical secret in life where people are going to give you free money for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I guess the word doesn't bother me. So it was a question that was asked at a, the last conference I went to. I was one of the speakers and they there's like a panel and they asked all of us, like, what are your thoughts on passive income? And the other two people on the stage were like, you could feel them like viscerally, like, like hate the word. Like they were just like so against it. And I was like, <laughs> like, I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, I love passive income. But anyway, that's a whole nother, a whole nother topic. But so, so you, you were in the perfect thing because Etsy is so big for um, bachelorettes and all that stuff. So you were on the right track, right, right, um, you know, niche. But before, wasn't there before that? Didn't you start the blog first, or yes, yes. So start from the beginning? Like, how did you? You had this idea that you wanted to pay off debt, right? Yes. So my husband and I were in over a hundred thousand dollars of debt together. And we did not realize that was bad. So yeah. recently I learned about the term Henry, high earner, not rich yet. And maybe oh, like, I love that. I never yeah, maybe that. that was like a mindset that we were in at the time. We were like, oh, like we're doing great. You know, yeah. here we go. And we could afford this expensive dual car payment. We yeah. ended up buying a house together that was more expensive. We stretched for it. We went to Home Depot and got 0% interest credit cards. Yeah. I decided that we needed this furniture using 0% interest credit cards. And then my husband wanted a guitar that we also financed with 0% interest credit cards. So yeah. we were like rolling in the credit cards. And because we could afford the payments, we thought that we were doing well. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's just like it can sneak up on you and it's, um, oh, people get so caught up in just like living like how they think they're supposed to live that it's like you forget like no I should be saving we should be paying off debt all that stuff so um but yeah continue you you did an amazing job paying that off you got to tell yes. the story so 
I found a blog. It was called nomoreharvarddebt.com. And it was this guy that woke up, realized that he was in debt, and then started working through his like a similar six-figure debt. So my husband and I made a budgeting spreadsheet, and we basically really dug de deep for a whole year to pay off that debt. So we did the obvious things like we ate our lunches at home. We yeah. we stopped going to all these expensive things. Um, I skipped somebody's bachelorette party. That was a no-no. You don't skip people's bachelorette parties. <laughs> it's hard. And that's a good thing to bring up because sometimes when you, like, it sounds good. And then when you actually start doing it, you're like, well, can I skip this? Like, or can I, like, you know, it's hard to know where to draw the mm -hmm. line. Like, what do you save on? What do you go ahead and do? Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, not everyone is going to be super understanding because I remember someone else was a, a, another friend had texted me like, I can't believe that you're not going to this. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, people are not necessarily like super, they're they're right behind you when you want to spend money. Like, yes. hey, you should totally buy this car. You should do this, <laughs> buy those shoes. And the second you're like, oh, I can't do this because I want to save money. They're like, oh, what? So it was really hard. But yeah. um, we also, besides the little things, we became a one car household. So I sold my car. And then I started going to all these networking events to see if I can get a better, higher paying job, which that worked out. That's and then amazing. So we got to stop right there. So you like not only were saving money, but you're like, how can I make more money? Yes, I'm definitely on the earn more side of this financial independence movement. There's the save yeah. more. They don't want to have latte side. And then there's the earn more. So you're like, I like my iced coffee. Yes, I, <laughs> I love my iced coffee. I, I mentioned that I treat myself every time I work on my Etsy shop. I go to a coffee shop and I buy like all this expensive, fancy stuff that the other personal finance gurus will tell you that you can't have. But yeah. for me, I'm like, if I'm going to make a printable that makes a thousand dollars, I can invest in this carrot cake if that gets me going. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And I saw that you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Do you think that that is part of what is making you have this kind of mindset? Definitely. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a huge influence. Mr. Yeah. Money Mustache was a large influence for me as well. Um, oh, he I has never a, saw that one. Oh, you never heard of it? Oh, he no. has it like a tell it like it is blog. Um, oh. Punch Dead in the Face is his famous quote. He's kind of intense. So if uh -huh. uh, he may be a little much for some people's taste, but yeah. he'll definitely wake you up to your financial life. That's so interesting. It's so interesting because everybody has little slight differences and it makes a big difference in, in your action. So it's like, you got to be careful who you listen to and what you want to do. But um, yeah, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, definitely that book is what got me into Amazon. So it was so interesting because I had, I really didn't even know what passive income was at that time when I read it. I was so just in the mindset of you go to work, you, you know, have a family, you do this, you do that. And, and then it was like, I couldn't have a family. I ended up being infertile, couldn't have a family. And then I was like, uh, I read that book and I was just like, wow, like, I think everything I'm doing is not what I want to do. <laughs> like, let me learn about passive income. Let me learn about all this stuff. And then that's how I found Amazon because I started doing searches and somehow FBA came up in the search. And so I, I believe started it started with that. Growing up on the East Coast, it was all about like prestige. What school did you go to? Yeah. What kind of car do you drive? What house do you have? Not everyone's yeah. like this in the Northeast, but that was like particularly my, like my that. niche of that. And then I moved to the West Coast and no one cares what you do. And now, yeah, the West Coast is so different. The it's East so Coast, different. Yeah, it was very much like that. Like everybody, I was so worried about going to college that I applied to like a million colleges. Like some of my friends took gym pass fail because a four, like a an A in gym would lower their GPA I because that. they were all in AP classes. So I was surrounded by like the, the AP honor students and stuff where it was like, they couldn't believe I was taking gym, like a regular 
like getting an A in gym. They're like, why would you do that? Your whole future is ruined. <laughs> Like no, I have ridiculous. the opposite. I got the A plus in gym or whatever, and I knocked a girl off of like her spot because my oh. average because of the gym went up like one thing and she got knocked off and she went to the principal and was like, how did Julie get here? And he was like, oh, because she got an A in gym or something. Yeah. It was so oh, stupid, God. but that would be the Northeast. In yeah, the that's the Northeast. I was yeah. in uh, New Jersey. <laughs> And it was like, it was, is cutthroat, but it's also like, just, you're so worried about this. Like, it's such a mm. huge thing, like getting into college, making sure you're the president of this, president of that. Like I was the president of the, so much stuff, captain of the swim team. Like it was just this whole like thing. Like you had to just make sure your whole life was so perfect. And then it's just so dumb. Anyway, you go to college and you go on this path of like getting a job and like, oh, oh my God. Anyway. Now I'm like this podcast weirdo who sells on Etsy and I know everyone's like, Julie is like off on her own, but people think it's really cool. A lot of my friends and family now, they want to sell on Etsy. I, I don't know if I would have been able to do it if I had stayed in like the world that I was in. Like I was, you know, everybody just it's hard to break out of just like that mm -hmm. whole thing. Like you go to college, you get a job, you get a promotion, you do this, you do that. And you, you people wouldn't understand like, okay, now, now you're going to thrift shops to send stuff into Amazon. <laughs> like nobody I knew would have understood at all. But luckily for me, it was like my whole life had fallen apart. So I was able to just move to Florida and be whoever I wanted to be. So I'm like, cool. <laughs> Yeah, moving definitely helps. I'm going to sell Fresh stuff on start. Amazon. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, so I got to just, you know, go off the wall and just, or whatever, go off the deep end and do whatever I wanted to do. And then when I moved back, I had the confidence to be able to face all the old people I knew and be like, yeah, I don't have a regular job anymore. <laughs> and I sell online. And they they all still think I'm weird. But it's it, I had the ability to do that because I took a year away from everyone I knew and just did whatever I wanted to do. So, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's a huge mindset change to, first of all, think that you can just change jobs. Like you don't have to stay on the path you started on. So yeah, it was terrifying. We had just bought yeah. in our house too. And my husband, he works in the strength and conditioning field. And at the time he was coaching Olympic level athletes. You can't just like change in his career. Yeah. You can't just go to a different place. Yeah. So in, in no one's career, you can like you, yeah, you no. get on a path. And you have to stay there. So we were like, I, I remember I went to this networking event in California and I came back and I'm like, hey, I think I have a job in Silicon Valley. Do you want to move? And he's used to kind of going along with my crazy ideas at this point. Yay. So um, we we ended up moving and it ended up being the best thing that we ever did. That's amazing. What a great story. I love that. Like you can just decide, like you can just decide to be different and just be like, oh, you know, my job, I'm not making what I want to make let me get a job that I do make what I want to make. Like that mm -hmm. is possible. Yep. So you got the high paying job, you moved to Silicon Valley. And then what happened after that? So that's when I thought again, that I sort of had everything that I wanted, but it turns out that even though once I paid off all my debt, that wasn't enough for me. And mm -hmm. we actually didn't love living in Silicon Valley. It's really expensive. Yeah. And the ideas and kind of the culture there is cool, but we went from Colorado to Silicon Valley and that's going from like super chill laid back to like yeah. whoa take it up a notch yeah. um, so for us we needed something more in the middle and that's when I ended up getting another job opportunity in Seattle we moved to Seattle and it was kind of the perfect blend of Colorado and 
of, of yeah. California. Yeah. So yeah. I had the tech, but I also had the mountains and the outdoors. And yeah. by that time I had my side hustles up and started. So I started to bring in passive income and we can live a more comfortable lifestyle here. Nice. Perfect. I love it so much. Okay. So you, so you got the job. So this is so huge that you keep doing like what you want to do. Cause most people are like, okay, well I got the perfect job in Silicon Valley. Like First of all, most people would never have changed. They went to move to Silicon Valley and done all that. But even if they did, they wouldn't have then been like, oh, well, I'm not happy with this part. Like they would have, you know, so you, you keep just going with what you want to do. So you moved to, to Washington and then, and then what happened? You started the blog or? Yes. Yeah, so I, I started the blog before. So the whole time I'm chronicling my journey, but the blog changes from paying off student loan debt and becoming debt free to, well, what's next? What do we do next? And that's where the financial independence movement and fire retire early that comes in. So we decided we want to retire in our early thirties. Yeah. So then we started side hustling. I took the blog a lot more seriously. I started doing affiliate marketing. I started working with brands. I started to get display advertising and driving yeah. traffic with Google. And quickly I brought my blog up to be tens of thousands of dollars per year. So let's stop right there. So you, you, a big underlying theme of this is like your why, like you, you follow your why very strongly, like way more than most people do. So that's huge. So you started a blog because you had a specific goal. You wanted to pay off your debt and you like chronicled how you were paying off your debt with the blog. So that's your, your reason was so strong. You're like, I want to get this debt paid off. Um, and then, and then your reason turned into not only do I want to pay my debt off early, but I want to retire early. So you understood your why and that like really drove your actions. That like, drove everything. And that yeah. is when, thing, when I got tired because working a very demanding job, as I'm sure everyone who's watching yeah. knows, then coming home and doing the five to nine life or whatever they call it. And when you're up all night <laughs> doing side hustles and I... Was getting the my five master's. to nine life. I haven't heard that. Oh, that. you haven't heard that? It's like, no. yeah. oh, okay, yeah, five to nine life. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very tiring. And I was getting my master's too because I knew I could get paid more in my day job if I had a master's degree. Yeah. But what kept me going was that I had this goal. We had this goal that we were going to retire early. And we ended up getting to the point where we can quit working. Now, we want to live in Seattle and I want to live in downtown Seattle and I have like my taste of things yeah. that I want. I'm not going to sacrifice that for this dream. But <laughs> we know that if we want to move to somewhere that has a lower cost of living, like maybe Georgia or another country, we totally can at the drop of a hat. Yeah. That's amazing. What kind of feeling is that? Like, so you have a brand new baby. Like, isn't that like such a great feeling to know? Like, you can yes. take care of this baby. You can, you guys have, have taken care of your finances. It's a huge way off your shoulders. There's this book by Dr. Meg J. She's um, a psychologist, I believe, but it's called mm -hmm. The Defining Decade, Why Your 20s Matter and How to Make the Most yeah. of Them. And I found that book when I was 23. And it was about how a lot of people tell you to explore in your 20s and kind of to yeah. find yourself. But her book was saying, you actually yeah. need to be motoring in your 20s, like be yeah. driven, have a goal, yeah. make sure that you're in a relationship that you actually see going somewhere, make yeah. sure that you're focused on your career. And I yeah. took that book like literally. And That's in awesome. some ways, I probably sacrifice a little bit of fun that a lot of people mm -hmm. have in their 20s but now i'm having my first kid at 30 and i can take off working for the next five years because of how much money we saved and that's incredible yeah. we can like work half time if we want to and i'm realizing with the cost of daycare and all of that how lucky we are that's amazing 
So, and guys, I'm so sorry. It's so hard. Uh, Christina couldn't make it today. So it's so hard for me to keep up with the chat and talk. But thank you, Patty, for being here. Beth, Steven, Teresa, Jody, Lance, Debbie. Um, okay, and then Debbie had a question about how much your blog makes, but let's get to that later. So you, you, um, okay, so you did the blog, you were tracking your debt payoff. Once you paid off all the debt, I saw all the media covers. Like you, you started getting featured places, right? Yeah. So media coverage was was big. Now, yeah. one of the ways that I got media coverage, and if anyone has their own business and is looking for it, you have to be on Twitter because all reporters are on Twitter, and okay. you don't yeah. just like come onto them hot, like you know, first date trying to make out or anything. <laughs> you need to get to know them. So you retweet their stuff, you DM them, you connect them with other people. So if I hear them tweet out, hey, I'm looking for someone for a story, I don't like say, oh, pick me. I'm like, oh, pick this person. That's not me. And then yeah. they'll see me as a helpful resource and eventually they'll get to know me. Second thing, you need to become friends with the people that always get featured. So in your industry, Ooh. you'll there are people that always get featured and you're like, oh, she got it again. Like you know, we're all sick of her, right? Yeah. If you become friends with her, when the reporter asks her, like, hey, is there anyone else that I can contact? She's going to refer them to you. So I found out who those connectors were, and they started sending stuff my way. Amazing. Such good tips. Speaking of networking, Yang is here. Yang is, <laughs> he always goes to my meetups. No, I'm just kidding. Yang is big on, on um, networking, but he lives in California. And so far, all my meetups have been on the East Coast. So it's been like a joke that he's like, always says he's there. So our last conference, we took a picture. I don't know. He just photoshopped his head in? Yeah, we photo <laughs> well, we like did it more elaborately where Christina and I like stood apart. So everybody at the conference is like, why won't they stand next to each other? Like we took a picture with like enough space that <laughs> another person could be in between. So we took a picture and like with our arm like around Yang and then Christina photoshopped him in. But the way she photoshopped him in, it looked like a cardboard cutout. Like everyone was 100% convinced we had a cardboard cutout of Yang. <laughs> But anyway, so, and then Patty's saying she doesn't know uh, what a printable is. A printable is just like a, like something you could print off on a piece of paper. So it could be like a, um, like a checklist or a recipe or financial thing, uh, sheets or all kinds of different stuff. Um, yeah, gift tags, you know, yeah. Christmas is coming up, favor boxes. Yeah. If you your kid has like a tooth fairy thing, you could do a little like tooth fairy certificate, first day of school signs, prompt yeah. proposal posters, anything. Anything that someone could print out themselves or they could take to a professional print shop and get printed. Yeah, some, uh, the sky element. Like there's so many things. Um, okay, so you did the blog. You were starting to get media coverage. What happened after that? So then the podcast came into play. So, pod so fun. <laughs> I love podcasting yeah. out of... Oh, I think you froze. Or did I freeze? Uh-oh. Am I back? I can hear you now. It still looks frozen on my screen, but go ahead. Okay. Should <laughs> I refresh happen. it? No. I don't know. I think it's okay. Okay. So we started the podcast with a good friend of mine, and this has been really great for connecting with people. Even... Oops. Hold on. Okay, there, now you're back. Yep. Awesome. Even if you only have you know, three listeners, a podcast can add credibility to your business and your brand. Also, a podcast is a great introduction to other people. So I've interviewed over 200 people for my podcast. Now, 
I've launched a course recently. If I need affiliates or I need connections or I need anything, I know 200 people that I've given exposure on my podcast. We, ha- we have a reciprocal relationship where we help each other. And also no one in today's modern world, it's rude to ask someone to coffee to pick their brain when it's like a, when you are at unequal levels, I would say. Yeah. You can, yeah. I mean, you can do like pick your brain coffees, but it's not the best situation. If you invite them on your podcast, you can pick their brain for free in a way that helps them and helps you. Don't tell my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I I feel like that. Like every week I get to talk to somebody and learn something. And it's it's so much less awkward than if I just called them and was like, can I ask you questions for like an hour? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, totally. It's, it's so much easier when it's like, okay, you're on a show. Like you're helping other people too. It's not just me. Oh no, we lost her. Hopefully she comes right back. <laughs> well, now I can finally answer everybody's questions in the chat. Um, let's see, Dwayne's here, Beth. There you are. Hi, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. It gave me a, a chance to look at the chat again. <laughs> so anyway, so you you started the podcast. Two hundred people. That's a lot. How do you, yeah. How many times do you do your podcast? Like a week. I used to do twice per week, but realized that was too much. And at the beginning, it was really good to help get steam for the podcast and really yeah. to make devoted listeners and fans. But that became not sustainable. And also, I'm really protective of my time now, especially after having a kid. So if I don't get any value out of a second show, I don't do it. And that's yeah. the way I approach every single side hustle. It's what's the ROI on this time investment and is it worth it? And for me, the there's no extra benefit for a second show a week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm so glad I did one show a week because it would just be like at the time you're so excited. You're like, oh, I'm going to be starting this new thing. Let's do it every day. <laughs> but I'm so glad that I did once a week because now it's like we can still add an extra show like we're doing right now if like if really want to. But the one time a week, like I was able to keep up with it because I think consistency is important. Like if you go months at a time with no show, it's like that wouldn't be good. So. Yes, totally. Once a week is good. All right. So you do the podcast and what is the podcast about? So the podcast is about financial independence and I bring on people that have achieved that magical place where they can walk away from their corporate jobs, but they can choose to work. That's sort of the difference between the side hustle community and the financial independence community. The financial independence community, they're not necessarily creating the lifestyle they want. They're giving themselves the ability to do whatever they truly want without work having to be into play. Yes. Yeah, you're right. It is, a, it is a distinction. And I think because you have that distinction in your head, it's forcing you to like really take action at a bigger, faster level than if you were like, oh, I only need to make $100. Like it's no, you know, this is a side mm-hmm. thing. It's like, no, I need to make enough money that I'm quitting my job in a year. <laughs> yes. And my husband and I, yeah. we're really good about investments and saving what we mm-hmm. do make. So everything goes into certain accounts. Like we're really good about our retirement accounts and our brokerage accounts. And we know yeah. all those little hacks. So I bring people on my podcast to talk about specifically like, okay, I just made $10,000. Where do I put it? And what do I do with it? So exciting. Do you ever talk about like things like buying other businesses or investing in businesses? Yeah, I tried to bring on side hustlers every once in a while to spice things up. The coolest one, we had a woman who she makes unique tiny houses for Airbnb. She has a hobbit hole in eastern Washington. Oh, my God. I actually visited it. It's so cool. If you love Lord of the Rings, you'll geek out over this thing. awesome. But she's cool. So we had her on and then a couple people with some really interesting and cool side hustles. So cool. It's so cool what's possible and what's out there. 
um, yeah, I had never thought about buying a business until like, I don't know, maybe a year or two years ago or something. I like heard of the concept and I was like, oh my God, like that's what a great idea. Cause then it's like, I don't know, it's already set up. So you already have like income coming in. I would buy someone else's blog if I started over again. Exactly. I mean, that's how I feel like uh, there's Etsy stores or Shopify stores that are like already set up. They already have money coming in. It's so much easier to like start with that and then, you know, add something or make it better. But um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So, all right. Um, oh, Jody's saying, what's the name of the podcast? Can you say the name again? Yes. It's called Fire Drill. Fire Drill. Okay. I know I put it in the Facebook post, but I'll do a link. I haven't put the links in the uh, YouTube video yet. I'm still getting used to like StreamYard and then <laughs> how it goes over to YouTube. Um, but I'll, I'll add the podcast after the show. Um, all right. So you started that, that started meeting people. And then when you started meeting all these different people, have you started to do like, I don't know, projects with them or things with any of these people? Yeah. So definitely started collaborating. I mentioned, you mentioned the media features. That was a huge, another way to make connections that led to media features. One of the guests that inspired me to start the Etsy printable shop was someone that I actually brought in the podcast. I had went to uh, Ruth Sukup's event. She had an activate conference. Have you heard of her? I don't know if I'm saying her last name, right? But she's uh, in like kind of like mom and lifestyle blogger space. Okay. But I like to go to conferences outside of my niche, because that's where you collaborate with people that you would never have met before. And people in other niches are doing stuff really cool. So in the mommy blog space, they are crushing affiliate marketing they can like, they have a really connected audience and they yeah. do a really good job on that. So I yeah. learned tons of stuff and in the taco line to get tacos, I started one of those awkward conversations with someone like, Hey, what are you going to order? And that's where I met the person doing printables. So it's kind of oh crazy God. how like, all this stuff happens. I love that. I love that. And I love how you say like the awkward conversation, because sometimes it's hard to just be like, just go and talk to people. So I love how you're just like, well, Oh well, it'll be yeah, awesome. That's how I do it. I'm like, going. like, I'm here. I bought a ticket. Like, I might as well, you know, tuck it up and talk to people. It's so funny because I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm in between like extrovert and introvert. So whenever I go to conferences and it's like nonstop talking for like days at a time, it's like I get so tired and I'm just like go to sleep as soon as like, <laughs> you know, whatever. It, it takes all my energy, but it's always so, I love it at the same time. Like it's so fun to meet everybody. And so like you learn so much. Um, so yeah. And that's a great tip about going to conferences a little outside of the normal, like you're not going to finance conferences. You're going to, you know, a blogging one or something different because somebody else talked about that a couple of days ago where it's just like, every every industry you get in like little ruts and it's like you're in your own little world and it's so good to go to other industries because maybe they're doing something a little different that that could help your industry yeah. and also you are standing out there so in your yeah. niche you're like you know one of many people that do the same thing but yeah. when i go to these conferences they're like oh you're the personal finance person i've never heard of this and it's yeah. like really because there's a million of us i feel like there's so many <laughs> but that's a huge tip too that's a very good point. And that that kind of has happened to me this year because I've gone to a lot of FBA conferences, which to me is like basically the same thing, like merge FBA, like we're literally both selling on Amazon. <laughs> it's the same thing, but it's different enough that it's two different communities. So when I go there, it's like, oh, like 
what's merch? And like, oh, you're the merch person. I'm like, there's a lot of merch people. I'm only one of like many, but but you're right. You do stand out when you go to a conference that's a little different. Um, okay, so you, so you learned about printables from that conference. And then, so how did you start implementing that? So this was something that I wanted to do, but we, my former co-host and I wanted the accountability of creating this mastermind. So we invited listeners of our podcast to start it with us. And we didn't sell it as like, hey, we know what we're doing. It's you all heard this woman come on our podcast and talk about this cool side hustle. We want to start this. Do you want to come start this with us? We're going to meet for every week for an hour for six weeks. And we're legit going to build this together and see what we come up with at the end of the six weeks. So cool. So it was really fun and like a fun chance to get to know some of the people that listen to the podcast. And that's mm -hmm. where I decided I wasn't going to do tattoos anymore. I was going to make the scavenger hunts and mm -hmm. other people who were in the mastermind, this one um, person, Kevin, he has made $10,000 on his print he made budgeting like debt payoff coloring pages and things like that yeah so it's been pretty fun to see what those of us who are in there come have now made out of our shops debt payoff coloring pages it's so funny like you don't even think about it. you're like this is a serious topic like we're talking finance debt and somebody's like no let's just color yeah, I don't know if you um, know, like Dave Ramsey, he was a big yeah. Dave Ramsey person yeah. and he made these like, uh, Kevin made these thermometers. So you put it on your wall and as oh. you and your significant other pay off your debt, you just color it in. And when you get to the top of the thermometer, you've paid off all the debt. So it's like a visual oh, okay. representation of your debt payoff. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That would be good. That would be a good, good way to do it. So awesome. So, so the, I like, I like that idea. Like we just recently started a mastermind. So we're trying to figure out like right now we're following along with a book, a print on demand book that um, Jacob Topping made. But I like that idea of like, like a common goal, like everyone's going to do this goal. So at the end of the six weeks, did you start something different or did the mastermind break up or how did that work? So we had it break up because the, the okay. biggest tip on masterminds is to pick a defined end date so that you're not, you don't just let it kind of like die out. Cause I've been in one or two that they just fizzle and it's not as good as like, okay, we have a conclusion of the mastermind. So okay. we had a, we had a strict date, but I continued because I enjoy doing it. I continued to do it. But yeah. what's so fun about printables, I didn't actually have to work on it that much. Like I mentioned a couple Sundays that I focused on it back yeah. in 2018 and they still sell. This year I put up one listing and I'm almost to $6,000 in the shop. So that, that's what I love about it for me because I blog and I podcast. This is a side hustle. I yeah. box it into its space and yeah. I give it a certain amount of time and I'm not going to like try to make a million dollars on this. I, I probably could focus more and make more money, but that's yeah. not the reason I'm doing it. I want passive income. So cool. Yeah, you have your priorities in line. So, okay. So so when you learned about printables, you immediately were able to, to figure out like what niche you wanted to do. Well, that's a good question. So the niche, you have like an Etsy store, but then you also do finance printables for your blog, right? So you have two different... Yes. So that was this year that I created a second Etsy shop that I focused on different niches. I kept my first okay. one. It's called the Swag Elephant, my first one. That's all Bachelorette. But my new one, I'm, I'm more experimenting with it. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that I have a course. So I want to make sure that what I'm teaching people in the course, it I'm duplicating it on a brand new shop that doesn't use my, my same like knowledge and uh, history that I have with Etsy. It's fresh. And I'm trying different niches. So I have some blogging templates. Those have gone over really well. Um, bloggers will send 
send media kits to brands, basically saying Ooh. like, this is how many followers I have. Here's my audience. I've made a template for that. I've made some Pinterest pins. I don't know if you guys advertise on Pinterest, but I make templates that you can download and like just switch stuff out for your own text for the pins. I have made clip art. I just got an iPad. I'm obsessed with this. There's this app called Procreate and you can like doodle with the iPad. Yeah. I made doodly pumpkins and this recent like Halloween season, those sold really well on Etsy, like clip art pumpkins. It's amazing. Oh my God. I love that. So <laughs> yeah, Procreate, a lot of, a lot of our listeners use that. And it's so interesting that you could do just like pumpkins. Like people think and me included, like I, I make it up to be this like big thing, like, oh, I'm not an artist, like, or I'm not a designer. I couldn't, I couldn't sell clip art. That's like, I could make pumpkins. Like, <laughs> I could. Totally. I, I, I think could like, make- people get like really nervous and overwhelmed and yeah. people just buy stuff. It, they don't necessarily like buy the most yeah. beautiful thing in the world. They're not expecting graphic design quality on a $6 thing from Etsy. Yeah. yeah. So just and like go for it's it. It's cute. Like the, the, I don't know, just it's, it's more unique and it's, it's cute. So cool. I love it. So you've done all kinds of different printables. And I love how you 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 pick like either a niche that's doing well on Etsy or having to do with your blog or you find like ways to incorporate printables and in other things you're doing. Yeah, totally. And if anyone wants to do printables but they're not sure what how to pick a niche. Obviously the wedding niche is good on Etsy, but that's not yeah. the only one. I would recommend that they go with seasonal printables. So think about every month of the year, what is the seasonal event, holiday, occasion that happens during that month? So we, October just passed, but Halloween was a big thing. Halloween yeah. party games, Halloween clip art, yeah. Thanksgiving, place cards, menu planners, Christmas is coming up, wall art, gift tags. January, people are into getting in shape. They're yeah. into saving money. So Personal like money, fitness. just go through the whole year and just like think about what people are into and searching for at that time. And that's kind of the key to picking the right niche on Etsy. I love it so much. Guys, isn't she amazing? Oh my God. <laughs> You're so awesome. Okay, so printables, um, the niches. Tell a little bit more about how you incorporate printables into your blog. Sure. So I don't know if you guys are bloggers or if you have websites that are associated with your merch business, but I want a way to capture email addresses to everyone that comes to my blog. So let's say I get a media feature and I get like, you know, 10,000 people who visit my site that day. It honestly doesn't mean anything if I don't have the Facebook pixel activated and I'm not capturing their email address. It's just kind of like a vanity metric, like, oh, cool, people came to my site. <laughs> so, um, and it took me a while to realize that. So if anyone's yeah. still there, like, don't feel bad, we're all there. Yeah. So the way that you can get someone's email address is by giving them something that's good enough that they're willing to trade it for that. Yeah. So for me, People are going to my site because they're wanting personal finance content. If I give them a personal finance printable, they're willing to give me their email address. So amazing. Yeah, Chris Green, um, I don't know if you know him, but we interviewed him on the show and he was telling me that I need to write a book, which I still have not even taken action on because I feel like that's too far away. But anyway, I do need to write a book. But his idea for the book was to be the lead magnet, like just do a simple like 10 ways to do this or whatever and have it be like a a small book. Um, But I like the printable idea too as lead magnet or even, I mean, there's so many ways you could go, but capturing the email is so important. Yeah. Like Um, in your space, I don't know, SVGs might be a good one. 
Yeah. Um, people may want that so they can put them on shirts if you have like commercial use clip art or something that they can know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm just right at the beginning where like, there's so much stuff that I haven't um, really even started yet. Like we have email addresses and we're like, Christina is getting good at it where she's starting to send out emails, but it's like, I sent, I think I've sent two emails so far. Like it's, so I need to get better with sending the email, um, capturing the emails. Like, I feel like we do that because people give their email when they join the group. So we have like a big email list. We just don't use it very well. Um, so that's something I need to learn. And then the blog I haven't done. I mean, we have the website and we have a spot for the blog. And I think there may be as like a couple things that uh, Brianna had wrote when she, she used to be in the group. So that's something that I need to learn and start doing. So you'll be made one of the people that's inspiring me to do that. Yeah. Like a tip when I started blogging, I would write about whatever I wanted to write about, but mm -hmm. if you are doing it for a strategic reason, then yeah. pick keywords and choose your content ideas based on that. So you can do yeah. Uber suggest is like a free thing that you can use to find keyword search volume. Cause uh -huh. obviously you want to write about something that has like 2000 searches a month and something that has two searches a month. Right. So that can be a good way to figure that out. Um, yeah. Don't go for like 200,000 a month because you're not going to rank for that if you're a newer site. Right. But um, I would start that. And I use Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S. That's a, it's expensive. It's like between hundred, two hundred dollars a month, but that will give you like tons of information. And I use that to determine what to write about. So cool. Oh my gosh. All right. So much I got to do. You are inspiring. Thank you so much, Julie. So, all right, guys, chat. Let me see. Where's my phone? People were so excited for the show that they um, were asking you questions. So let me pull up that. And guys, if you have questions, put them in the chat. I will ask all of them. <laughs> um, I think one of the questions we had learned about was uh, cordial. It's like a site to help with making printables. Do you use that? I just started using Cordial actually, and I'm psyched oh. about it. So if you want to make an editable printable, so that means that the customer wants a custom thing on it. Like let's say that you're selling a baby shower invite. You don't know the date of their baby shower. You don't know their name. And you can have the customer provide you that information at purchase, but that's not very passive. And that's very frustrating and annoying to have to like customize it and send it to them every time. Right. But with an app like Cordial, they you just upload your template to that app and then the customer buys a link to the Cordial template and they fill out their own information and print it from Cordial. Now Cordial takes a cut. It's not that expensive to be honest. It, it yeah. is like $10 a month on top of their cut, um, but it's worth it just for the convenience and also Cordial offers a free demo feature where the customer can try before they buy. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. So before you had been using Cordial, is there any other sites you recommend or how were you doing it yes. before? So I have Adobe Acrobat, the whole, I have the whole Adobe suite. I just pay the $600 per year, whatever for that. Mm -hmm. um, and that gives me Photoshop and Illustrator, but it gives me the Acrobat Pro DC and you can make an editable printable from Acrobat. Now, the thing that kind of stinks about using Acrobat, and by the way, the customer can just open it in Adobe Reader and it's free and it's easy, relatively easy for them to edit. But when you do that versus Cordial, you have to pick a font that the person has on their computer. Mm -hmm. So in the Bachelorette space, people love those scripted kind of like cutesy mm -hmm. fonts and nobody has those on their computer just starting out. So I would have to get, gravitate to more boring fonts because I was sure that they had them. And you can't yeah. send the person a font file that 
that's not yours to send them. You can't do that with commercial use licenses. Um, So I didn't love it. I I would pick some type of font, but it didn't look as good. And you can use PDF Escape. That's the online tool version if you don't have the Adobe suite. But Cordial is obviously better. You can upload all the fonts and the person can use it. They have their own fonts there. It's easier. Perfect. Yeah, I I think that's the way to go. uh, Once I, I just learned about Cordial like a month or two ago. So new to me. So guys, um, we'll have to put the link <laughs> for that too, but it's like C-O-R-J-L. J-L, thank you. <laughs> C-O-R-J-L. Um, that's how you get to it. Yeah, so we, had the, we had the founder, because we have a Facebook group that's attached to the course and we we bring in people to talk about printables and we actually had the founder in there. And it's oh really like Cordial is hot off the presses. They're just starting and they really listen to sellers. So uh, what I thought was cool about them is if you have any features or anything that they want, that you want, uh-huh. they're really open to changing their design right now. How cool. I didn't realize it was new. I thought mm-hmm. that I just was late to learning about it. Wow, that is awesome. So cool. So where you have a Facebook group that's part of a course or do you have just a Facebook group? It's part of a course. So we have an, oh. so myself and my partner, Cody, we have yeah. a cor- an Etsy printables course and um, we're taking people through everything from how to create market and sell their printables on Etsy. But associated with the course, we have a Facebook group. Okay, and then that's where... Yes, so we have lives every week and we bring in guest speakers. We give out prizes. That's kind of... the. I mean, the course is fun, but the connecting with people and the motivation of the group is the most fun part. Yes, that's so cool. All right, so, so much. All right, so that was one of the questions. There was another question about... um, Do you get... Oh, here, I'll just read it. I think uh, Tara had a question about... Do you get a lot of like IT type questions? Like do people get confused about how to download it or ask questions about how to edit things? They do, that happens. And anytime I get a bunch of questions, I change either my listing images or my description to make sure I answer them so that like I don't get those questions. Cause I really want this to be as passive as possible. So one tip, in your Etsy listing images, you can put, this is a digital download, you won't receive anything in the mail. If there's any special features or something you want people to know, put that as text over the images. That's because a lot of people who are just swiping on the phone, they don't read, no. Um, You can download and you can have an instructions sheet. So Uh Etsy lets you upload five files. One of them can be a PDF with instructions, that helps. Mm -hmm. You can also create a YouTube video of like, hey, here's how you download it, here's how you edit it. That's another tip. I, I personally haven't needed that because my printables are pretty relatively simple. But if you have something you, like more complicated, that might help. Do you actually upload the video on Etsy somehow? You just link to it. Oh, you link to it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. And well, that's a good tip. also bundling. So I forgot to mention that. Another key, yeah. you can bundle a bunch of printables together because for me, every time I sell a printable, that's a potential contact with a customer, and I want none. Of, I want none of that. <laughs> so um, I want to make as much money as possible per sale, and limit the amount of conversation I have for like each group of money. So for me, like if I bundle a bigger pack and I'm making twenty dollars on the sale, then that's way better than selling four printables at five dollars each. Very very good tip. Bundle guys, bundle. Okay, so. Um, I guess one more question with like the customer service type stuff. Um, do you have like set things you say or like do you have any templates of like what to say or emails yeah. and stuff? I do. Um, I have uh, my, I use Apple everything. So I have an iCloud 
note, shared note where I have common things saved. And if the same person, if I get five of the same requests, then I maybe change my printables. Now, the, the biggest thing though, is that I'm doing this and I'm creating it to be passive from the start. So I set rules for myself. So if someone emails me or messages me through the Etsy app and says, hey, can you make this pink? I may be tempted, like it'll take me two seconds to make this pink, but that goes against my rules of like, this side hustle is time boxed to this certain amount of time. So I say Ooh, no. And if I get like five requests for the same thing to be pink, then I'll make a pink version. But I'm not gonna like bend over backwards for every single customer because that goes against like my rules of making this passive. And that's the only way I would survive with all these side hustles. I love that. That's so consistent with you where you like decide what you want and you go for it and you don't get the sidetracked by like, <laughs> you, see, you follow your own rules. It's really smart. Okay. Um, oh, somebody's asking about sales tax. I know we're not really tax people, but do you have any comment on if you're responsible for paying sales tax or not? Etsy does determine that for you. So they, okay. they kind of put everything for me in a section. Um, I think like Europe and like state of Washington and some places require sales tax. So Etsy okay. handles it. And then I would say that we're not tax professionals. So check with your yeah. accountant if there's any special way that you need to account for it. Yeah. But for me, it's automated through Etsy. Perfect. Okay. That's really good to know. Um, how much time is spent on customer service? How do you minimize it? I think you pretty much answered that, but do you have any other comments about that? So I mentioned kind of making the listings better, not going into that swirl where you're customizing things over and over for somebody, right. Um, right. allowing them to edit themselves. Now, we talked about creating editable printables. Know that if you create an editable printable, you're putting work on the customer and they're probably going to message you if they get confused. Yeah. So if you're someone that's like, I want to do this side hustle, but I, I literally have no extra time. I'm not going to want to answer questions. Don't do an editable printable. Choose something that is like wall art, like a Christmas saying or um, something that is not reliant on them to customize and keep it simple. And then you'll minimize that. Perfect. Yeah, I, I agree. Like <laughs> if they're doing work, they're going to ask you questions. But at the same time, people love customized things. So it's a uh, balance. Mm -hmm. um, Etsy must be okay with having cordial on our listings. Debbie's asking. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there's tons of sellers right now. And before cordial, there was template. There still is template. We have uh, tutorials on both of them in the course, but okay. they're competitor to cordial. So Etsy, Etsy is okay with that now. And it, Cordial, you don't actually give the customer any physical document. You just upload directions, which is a link to Cordial and how they can edit it. Okay. Got it. Cool. Yeah, I haven't officially tried Cordial. I've looked into it and I learned about it, but I haven't tried it. So thank you for giving us the details on that. I think I got everybody's questions on here. Let me see. Let me scroll up. Thank you guys all for watching and all these questions. Um we covered the name of the podcast already. But can you say it one more time? Because I keep forgetting it. Fire, Fire drill. Fire drill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Fire. two words. I know. So easy. I'm so sorry. No um, worries. Creating calendars, printables. Um, have you ever done printable calendars? I have not done printable calendars, okay. but people do them. Like planners, calendars, stickers, mm -hmm. uh, scrapbook paper. A lot of like crafty people buy printables. 
So if you can kind of figure out what people in those markets like, like look on Pinterest and see what the crafty folk like, um, that's like a really good niche for printables. It it has to be for people that have printers, home printers, and not necessarily like in those niches. Perfect. All right, Dwayne, does that answer your question? Let us know if you, if you uh, need more with that. Um, Oh yeah. And with, with that, uh, one more tip. I used to just do like one page printables, but I mentioned how bundling is better. Don't just do like a January calendar, just like put a bunch of stuff together and call it your, you know, 2020 organizing binder and put like a calendar and planner pages and budgeting templates. For some reason, the pe- people really have that psychology of like more stuff is better and yeah. everyone should sell better. <laughs> yep. That's America for you. <laughs> Consumerism. More is better. Um Okay, is there a course you would recommend? Julie has a course, so yes, definitely recommend that one. She's amazing. Um, Melinda is saying thank you so much. Um, this is like a trend to cold brew to my creative senses and I needed to wake up. Oh my God, I love that. Yay. Look at I, that, you got a coffee analogy and Julie loves coffee. So. I love coffee so much. I actually like didn't have coffee when I was pregnant and I just had it the other day and it just, whew, just I've missed that caffeine jolt. Oh my gosh. It must be so nice to like feel that. Again? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then sample Etsy sites for principles. Well, you have your, your site, right? Well, yeah, you can go. Elephant, um, my um, Etsy shop is the swag elephant. Swag elephant. Check that out if you want. Uh, let's see. Another website I like to use handmade hunt. They have all different Etsy shops, but you could go find the printable section. Craft Count is another one. And they'll show you all the top printable sellers. You'll notice a lot of them are selling SVGs and they get like thousands of sales, but they also only sell them for $2. Okay. So, I mean, that's if you want to go for the volume. Personally, uh-huh. I would rather products that you can get more per sale because yeah. then that cuts down on the customer service. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, can you imagine having a conversation and you're only getting a dollar? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I need to make like $10 per time I could potentially talk to you. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Um, so she has a course for printables. Yes. Um, I think it hasn't. Okay, so let's, we'll go ahead and talk about that. So you, when are you launching it? You're launching it. So it launches on Thursday and um, it launches Thursday and then it will close on Sunday. So we're only doing four days. We did four days in June and we took everyone through and now we're doing four days again. It's self-paced. So if you buy it now and then you like can't do it till 2020, that's totally fine. We just like to close it down because having it be evergreen with everyone kind of like starting at different times. Yeah, Yeah. It's like, it's just easier for us. And also it's more fun for the people when they're all like kind of going through it somewhat at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, it's Etsy printables through gold city ventures. I'm sure Helen can share a link after this, Um, but we have an absolute blast and it's hosted on teachable. It's all videos with like a screen share. So you can see me making the printable on my screen with like my face in the corner. And then we also have like some videos like this too. Yeah. Yeah. I started to go through it. Um, because I just found out about it. So I was going through it, what was it, yesterday? And it was really good so far. I mean, I haven't gone through the whole thing, but it's, um, I'm so glad you made it. I just can't believe I'm finding out about this like right when I've been looking into printables. Like it's just such good timing. Um, and you also have other classes too, right? You have a blog one. And- 
Yep. So we are, um, we're launching with Etsy printables, but also my blogging course, blogging for profit is also launching at the same time. So it's again, yep. Open Thursday through Sunday. If you do want to enroll and we take my friend Cody and I, we take you through how we created our blogs and essentially Cody was able to leave his day job. Um, I met him last summer and he wanted to quit his job. And I was like, no, you shouldn't quit. I was yeah, doing that yeah. like scared friend thing and yeah. he didn't listen to me, quit his job and ended up like doubling his income. So I'm glad wow. he didn't listen to me because he's been crushing it in his entrepreneurship. But the two of us, we take you through everything we've learned in our blogs. And I focus on my added benefit to it is scaling. I work with virtual assistants. I don't even write my own content necessarily anymore. Everything yeah. is outsourced and organized. So it's like how to build it with a strategy so you can make money from day one. So awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm going to learn so much from you. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, who else? Let's see. Um, how do you handle colors? Some, hold on, let me just put it here. How do you handle colors? Some people don't have high quality printers. Is that a factor? Yes, it Good is. Question. So, okay. You have to think about what printable are you making? So for me, I'm making a bachelorette party scavenger hunt. I, I'm sure that it's a bridesmaid who three hours before the event is saying the bride wants games. Oh my gosh. And they're just buying this randomly and they don't care. They just need to get it done. If you're choosing a wedding invitation, you have to get the colors right. You need to pay more attention to this. Now, when you're using a fancy tool like um, Adobe Photoshop, you can choose CMYK, which is like either RGB or CMYK for the colors. Choose that CMYK and then make sure that you choose 300 DPI. So um, dots per inch, that's what I call it. Maybe it's like pixels per inch, I don't know. But basically it's a its a way to improve the quality of the print. So that way when someone prints it out at home or prints it out on their um, a professional print shop, it does not fuzzy. So definitely like choose that. And then the third thing, if someone's printing it out in their home printer, so it's not like a wedding invitation, it's likely they're gonna print it out at home. Make sure that you don't put too much color. I know we've all printed out like a, a very colorful piece of paper and it's like soggy and I was gonna say it's like all wet. <laughs> yeah, like don't do that. So even though it looks cool on your screen to have a baby blue background, nobody wants that. Choose white. Very good tip right there. Yes. Um will this video be played later on? Yes, Dwayne, this will be just on our YouTube channel. So it'll be available um however long. And it's also on the Facebook group. So um, for the, if I put the link in now, are people able to sign up for the Etsy thing or they have to wait until you can oh put the God. link in oh. now and okay. they'll, they can join the wait list. We have like an email list and we'll just email you when it becomes available on Thursday. We'll remind you. Okay. There's also a link, Helen, that you can share to our seasonal printables ebook. So it's called the seasonal product secret, and it will give you 12 months of printable ideas. And we'll talk about some of the things that we talked about in this, um, in this session tonight. So if anyone just wants to check out the ebook, um, maybe you can put the link to that too. Oh, perfect. Okay. So I'll, did you already send me that? <laughs> yes, yes okay, I did. And I can it. connect with you after. So you have the links, but okay. the ebook, it's, it's free for the ebook. Um, but yeah, the course launches on Thursday and I would, I would love to see some people and I'm super like jazzed about printables. So uh, hopefully yeah. we get you guys going with some profitable passive income shops. They're just so versatile or versatile, whatever you say, like it could, it could go for anything. Like it's, like you said, it could be, it could be a lead magnet for our blog, or it could be like a whole shop on Etsy, or it could be um, whatever you're interested in. Like there's so many mm -hmm. things that printables can 
be good for. You can do Shopify if you want. Like I know someone that's been crushing it. They sell printables on Shopify. But the reason that I like printables even over like merch, because I tried a little bit, I tried to sell tank tops through uh -huh. the Printful and Etsy integration. Uh -huh. And every time I make a sale, I only make like two or $3 because yeah. someone has to pay for the t-shirt to be manufactured. Yes. And the company needs a margin on that. Whereas like printables, there's no there's no manufacturing costs besides my time right. and the cost of the tool up front. Sometimes right. I buy like fancy fonts and stuff, but even that is like not that expensive. Yeah. Uh, every sale you make you can make like seven, eight dollars. Even you can do even more depending on you know what your niche is. Yeah. So it's kind of like even better, I think, for margin. Absolutely. And then you don't have to worry about getting lost in the mail or like being the wrong size or any of that kind of stuff. Nope. And uh, Etsy has a no refund policy. So most people. Because they're. Yeah, that's true for clothes. There, it, is there a refund policy? I don't do enough Etsy. I, <laughs> I have like, I'm, I don't know. I, I, items I have no refunds. I, I have refunded people on clothes. And yeah, also my husband had, he had like a guitar merch store for Etsy and he had to refund a couple people. But like with, yeah. with printables, I, I have refunded people because your Etsy ratings are very important. Right. Uh, so tip, if anyone gets a bad rating, like if someone gives you a one star review, try to fix it and then ask them to update their, their um, yeah. review. And I, someone updated mine to like a five from a one. So don't stress. You can totally fix it. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I, I really have to just like get my Etsy store back. Like I did an Etsy store last year. Um, and then I just didn't like, I, like, like I wasn't as good at you at just saying like, no, I'm not going to do um, like update the designs and stuff. Like people would want to customize or they want this or that. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't want to deal with this. Because I don't really like the design part. Like most people, they're in merch, but they like the design part. Like for me, I'm like, I don't really like the design part that much. So <clears throat> I didn't like Etsy because I didn't want to have to like constantly be revising designs. <laughs> oh yeah you gotta so, lock it down but you yeah. also can buy the design so for my yeah. second shop i didn't yeah. have time to make the printable and honestly yeah. i didn't want to i went on fiverr and i found people that design like lead magnets and ebooks those people right. um, i found an illustrator who makes like illustrative art and i told them like hey can you make me this and it's going to be just for me it's on my like, commissioning you do this you can't sell it to other people right. but i ended up selling their piece on etsy Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. You, it's yeah. you can't buy a template and sell it on Etsy, but like you can commission someone to make you something to sell on Etsy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've definitely bought designs for merch, but when I would, if I uploaded it on Etsy, I just didn't want to have to like have a designer on hand to do edits, and I didn't want to do the edits. So anyway, but I I should definitely get back into Etsy and um, go follow your rules of. Just saying whatever you're willing to do. I know. Just say no. <laughs> just <Yeah>. say no. <laughs> um, awesome. I, I am just so happy that you came on the show and you've given so much amazing help and tips to everyone. Like I just really appreciate it. Of course. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you yeah. for having me. And I get I look forward to getting to know all of you guys, hopefully, for the Gold City Ventures course that launches on Thursday. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Julie, and uh, we'll see you Thursday. Bye, Bye. everybody.